0: As you're planning for the summer, you may be in planning mode, or maybe you're just gathering ideas. But if you're like me, those ideas can pile up very quickly. And having a system of organizing and keeping track of what you've decided and what you're thinking about is really helpful because then you're able to organize and then move on and not keep those mental tabs open. So today, what I'm going to talk to you about is a system for how you can organize all of those ideas that you're having so that you can reduce that cognitive load, and also a system for how to organize for differentiation. Welcome to Anti-Burnout for English Teachers. I'm Danielle Hicks and I am your host. I will be in this podcast going over tips and strategies to avoid burnout. Being an English teacher is so tough and we really need to join together and figure out ways that we can continue to build a great English classroom and also not feel depleted by the end of the year. So let's go. Okay, today what I want to talk about is systems and organizing. So as teachers, we have so much that we have to keep track of. We have so much that we need to really take in and make decisions about on the fly. So we have how we are going to teach our curriculum, We have what we need to do if students are getting it very quickly, if they are not getting it at all, uh, how we're going to pivot if an entire class does not understand what we are talking about, what we do to salvage that, if we need to salvage that, like what changes we need to make, all of these we have to make on the fly maybe there's some kind of classroom management issue or some kind of health emergency that we have to deal with. That's something that we need to think very quickly and make a decision about. We even need to think about like, when we're going to go to the bathroom, how we're going to drink enough water. Those are decisions that we actually have to plan in, in our day. So, I think that it's important for us to be our best teacher selves. We need to think about how we can reduce that cognitive load and not make so many decisions in any given day. To do that, one of my strategies is to really try to systematize and also to use templates. And I'll talk to you about two systems that I use and have been really helpful for me. And hopefully, of course, we're all different and... We have certain ways of doing things, but maybe something about my system will help you and maybe you'll be able to take a piece of it or maybe the whole system. Maybe you really like it. So I'll talk to you about two curriculum planning system and also a differentiation system. Okay, so first up is the curriculum planning system. And I would say for me, one of the biggest problems that I have in curriculum planning or that I've had in the past is the sheer amount of information that we need to keep track of as we are differentiating or as we're planning. That's one we're gonna talk about first. So we have our standards. We have our texts that we need to teach. We have all the skills that we need to teach. We have whatever conversations we want our students to have. We have all of our supplemental texts that we wanna bring in. We have all of the ideas for activities that we want to bring in. So all of those are what we need to manage as we are curriculum planning. For me, I've had several different ways that I've done this. And I'll tell you about ways that I've discarded that no longer, that I don't think work as well as the system that I've come up with. So in case this is helpful for you or maybe to help you to see why maybe my solution might work better okay so one of the ways that I've done this to keep track of all that information is I will have in Google Chrome you can actually use folders in a sense so the way that this works is you can group tabs and then you can color code them And you can name them. So I could have like a first period folder or I might have it by unit. So I might say, okay, here's my identity unit folder or my identity unit tabs. And I can keep everything in there as I'm working. So as I have an idea or as I see an article or a story or a poem that I want to use, I could keep it in that folder and kind of keep it in Chrome. And it's open, but it's not looking so cluttered so instead of having like i don't know 50 tabs open or 10 or 15 or 20 or 100 or whatever i only have however many units i'm working on at the time or maybe by class period depending on what i'm organizing with the problem with this is chrome in general uses a lot of ram So that slows down your computer as you are having, even though your tabs are condensed, it is still really, um, it's it's still taking up that RAM. So whether or not you're keeping all those tabs just open or you're putting them, you're organizing them a little bit more and having them in folders, it's still making your computer load slowly. So that's something that I would not recommend. I've also tried having just a big document where I keep all of my ideas and just add to that as the year goes, or maybe having one per unit. And this is actually a variation of what I currently do. So I don't think this is a bad idea, except that every time that you go into those files you have to go back to your drive, click through however many folders you have to get to those files or maybe you have nothing in your google drive and you just have those files for each of those units and that makes it easy but i'm guessing that that's not the case for you unless you're just getting started in which case good for you but if you have lots of documents you have to sift through then that gets really annoying and onerous so that's not something that I would recommend though like I said what I do now is a variation on that when I have one file where I keep everything it gets a little cumbersome but also it means that that file as it gets larger and larger it loads slowly as well I've Some years I've been incredibly extra, and what I've done is I've put together a Google site for myself, which I think is actually a good idea to organize materials, but like I said, it's it's pretty extra, and what I'm going to suggest is a much simpler way to go about this. So there was, I'm not actually on TikTok, but I've tried to, I have a teacher friend that sends me a lot of teacher talks, like T-O-K, and I thought maybe that will be a good place to get tips, so it took me a minute to find that area of the internet, but once I did, I I did find, I, I've decided in the end that it's not really for me, but I did get one tip that I thought was really good, and I wish that I knew where I got it, so I could credit them. But the idea was to have a document that you could use as your home page, that gave you access to everything that you needed for the day. So that would mean that you have, okay, daily slides, what you're going to assign to your students. Maybe you have a electronic version of poem that you're going to read for the day maybe you're going to play a song so you have a link to that song you're gonna show them a video you have a link to that but it's all right there on one document you can publish it and then set it as your home page so then once you click on that or you could bookmark it if you don't want to set it as your home page so then when you click on that it has everything that you need ready to go So I took that idea and said, okay, that sounds great to use for daily lessons. And I do that. But I also said, let's take that a step further and use it for our year-long planning. So what I did was I have a Google Slides that has a calendar. So it has just 10 pages, one for each month of the year. And let's say that just to make it easy, let's say that we have a unit each month. So we have September through June, and then each month has its own unit. So for the September unit, what I do is I'd have the essential question up there. I'd have the concept that we're going to be working on, and then I have links to each of those pages that I would need for daily lessons. So it has those daily slides, it has any information that I need if I wanna write myself some notes for discussion questions that I wanna use. All of that is linked right there from that page. I also have a place for notes so I can keep track of what I've done, what's gone well and what I wanna change for next year. And I also have a link to my vision board slash brainstorming document. So there I would put if I come across an article that I want to use, if I have a supplemental text that I want to add, any ideas that I have for how I'd like to encourage students to analyze a text, an angle that I want them to look at, Maybe I've seen an interesting analysis that I want to bring in, or I've come up with it myself. I might take pictures of my own annotations and put them in that document, but I add a link instead of having those actual notes in my calendar, because that is going to keep my document really clean. So I set it up from the beginning to have 10 months the calendar for the month, all of the lessons, like, or places for the link. So let's say there's, uh, 12 lessons for the month if we're on a block schedule. So I'll have 12 places that I can put for lessons, and then I'll have a link to that brainstorming document. And I'll repeat, like, at At the beginning of the year right now, for my 2023-2024 year, I already have everything set up, so as I have an idea for like my December unit, I can just put it in that document. I can access that from my phone, because it's just a Google Slides, and then I also have a place I can publish that and add it to my homepage document. So for me, what I'll do is have this calendar. I have a link to all of my documents that I want on a regular basis, like my standards, my um, block calendar. I have the like calendar for the year where we have the days off. So I put all of that on one page so that I can access it easily for, um, you know, everything that I need. If this is sounding interesting to you and something that you think that you would be useful and you'd like to have it already ready made for you, I do have a freebie that I'll put a link to the the freebie in the show notes, but it is this calendar with all the links. It's really, um, it's already put together, obviously and it's clean, and you just have to plug your information in, but you can get that at englishclassroomarchitect.com forward slash planner, and again, I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, so that is one of the systems that I use, and it's really helpful to keep everything in one place, make it easy so that I don't have to gather everything as I go, and also it keeps everything that I'm thinking in one place so that I don't have those tabs open. The second system is for differentiation. And I have, over the years, come up with a system that I really like. And for me, when I'm talking about, or in this case, when I'm talking about differentiation, this is when students are very personalized or are working at different paces. And I would say this works really well for when students are maybe writing an essay and as much as you would like for everyone to be in the same place some people get stuck at planning or maybe some go home and do a step ahead so or they finish really quickly in class and they move on to another step so this helps keep track of all of this for you and what I do is, again, I use a system of Google Slides, and I've color-coded each step of the system. So that would be, if we're writing an essay, that would be maybe brainstorming, outlining, drafting, peer editing, and then final essay. So we have five steps. So each of those steps I would have as a different color. So I could refer to it as, okay, go to the blue slides or go to the green slides now. Um, And that's where I might put any directions for students. If I have a video that I am going to give for scaffolding that might have like how to build a thesis statement or how to embed your evidence, I'd put that all like color-coded in the different slides. I, so, so I have a set of slides for students that is color-coded that would have all the steps of the process with any links that they might need in that document. And that's going to go with whatever I'm doing for the day. So if I'm doing a mini lesson on cl- like thesis statements, which is blue... I could say, all right, I'm going to go over thesis statements right now, and I might have a brief mini lesson that I give to the students. All of my slides are blue, and then they know that they have additional information, or maybe they have my slides as well, in their section of the slides that's blue. So I'm color coding that. And that's something that I do. I use the same system over the year. So students know that when they're working on something that's multi-step, they're going to have that color-coded system and they'll be able to go through and go back. Um, Because students may not be ready for the information that you're giving them at the time, but then they can go back to whatever they need. So that's one piece. A second piece is for me on the back end to keep track of students. So what I have is the five different steps. I'll have like a table where I have step one, two, three, four, five, right? And I'll have it color-coded the same way. And then I'll have off the slide each of my students' names or initials. Usually I'll put initials unless that's really, I have a lot of students that have the same initials, in which case I'll just make shortened versions of their names. You can also make it just their first name and last initial, whatever works for you. So I make a separate um, text box for each of the students. So then I can just drag their name to the different step of the process that they're on. So everybody starts at one and maybe L M. Um, My student LM has finished step one, so I'll drag just their name to step two, and when students turn in an assignment, maybe at the end of the class period, I'll quickly go and check to make sure or to see who has turned it in, and I'll just move their names over. So then I have a really quick visual of where students are in the process, and I can say, all right. I have these four students that are stuck at step one and I have two students that are at step three and one student that is at step five. So I need to figure out what is going to happen with a student who thinks that they're already done. Maybe I'm going to go through their documents and see if I can give them feedback. So I'm going to prioritize that. And then I also need to figure out what I'm going to do with these students that are stuck at step one. But having that visual is really helpful to me to be able to keep track of where students are in the process. Students, I guess, students a very similar um kind of checklist for them. So it looks the same. They'll have five of the categories, but for them, it's a to do list. So they can say finished or in process or not started for each of those steps and they'll move their little check boxes as they complete steps so that they have a very clear visual as well of what needs to happen and what they have already done. I also have this as a freebie for you. If you like the idea of these different pieces, and would like to implement them in your classroom, but would not like to make them yourselves, or maybe you want to make them yourselves, but you'd like to have something to look at, you can get that at englishclassroomarchitect.com forward slash differentiation and grab those freebies and I'll put those in the show notes as well. So hopefully that is it for me. Um, hopefully something that I said will help you in your kind of streamlining of processes. Um, as I said, I think that having these things that you can repeat and also template makes it so that you are organized and also you don't have to make so many decisions in the moment because you've already figured out a lot of what you need and can access that information really easily. So again, uh, the links to those are in the show notes and hopefully they are helpful for you as you are planning this summer and into next year. Thanks for hanging out and I'll talk to you next week.